What's going on, FA Nation? Welcome back. This is the Fantasy Alarm 2-Minute Drill. I'm Dan Malin. I'm joined by James Grande. We are recapping Week 5 of the NFL season. A lot to talk about, but we don't have uh, as much time as you know an hour-long podcast. But, uh, James, how was Week 5 for you? What's the biggest storyline that you took away from Week 5? Um, the Giants are going to be holding an invincible-like tryout due to all their injuries uh after week five because it was a mess um no the biggest takeaway um is that i truly i don't know if i believed it but i do now believe that tom brady can play until he's 60 years old that's my takeaway hell yeah Um, 60 like i'm not stopping at 50 i'm going i'm going directly to 60 years old because there's no there's no stop in sight for for old man brady over there I mean, Tom Cruise is still making those Mission Impossible movies, and he's almost 60. Tom Brady, He does his own stunts. Uh, uh, does he? Well, I mean, I guess if anyone can confirm, that's, that's definitely you. Um, as the... as the uh, What is your, like, official... I guess what's your official, like, title there? You know, I'm just a production assistant right pro- now. The production assistant. Okay, well, Only you would... <laughs> so, were, you, were you yelled at by Tom Cruise? You know, no, I've never worked Tom Cruise, that infamous Tom Cruise uh, COVID rant? That was a good... No, was I, I saw it, and I actually didn't really have a problem with his rant, only because I've, I've worked on productions where, you know, we, we have these COVID protocols now, and, like, when we first started up, you had to maintain six feet of distance, right. and there's always, like, some grumpy-ass grip that doesn't want to <laughs> listen and abide by it. So it was kind of... And like as a PA, like you're you, one of your like you know small responsibilities is to make make sure like everyone's maintaining right. distance and all that. But um, so you know it was nice to see him stick up for like you know like the standards and the rules. Right. But anyway, uh, for me, man, we could talk about so much from week five. We could talk about missed field goals. Cincinnati Green Bay was insane. Uh, all the injuries, which suck. No one likes to talk about those. The the officiating that screwed the Browns, Austin Eckler accidentally scoring a touchdown. Um, for me, it was Tom Brady's like performance. I'm kind of with you there. Uh, and and that's a performance that any other week, that's probably your headlining story. Uh, 400 yards, five touchdowns, but with so much going on, you know, that kind of got swept under the rug. Uh, but we'll do fantasy studs and duds. For me, it was Jamar Chase. I know a lot of people – we're on the T. Higgins bandwagon this week. I could not get off Jamar Chase. Uh, DraftKings continued to price him under six grand. I don't get it. Uh, he went off once again. Um, I had Devontae Adams in my cash lineup, but you know, so did everyone else. And like, he went <laughs> off and had a huge game. But it's like for me, what made my lineup different that did kind of because cash lines were elevated this week. Yep. It was very hard in cash games. Um, I was at 186 halfway through the four o'clock games. I'm like, okay, I feel pretty good about this. And then as the four o'clock game started wrapping up, I saw like, you know, my little circle on DraftKings start like slipping back a little bit. And and then I looked at it. And I'm like, I'm seeing like lineups with like 140, 150, you know, scores that normally cash and they they miss. So for me, Jamar Chase, you know, helped get me uh, into the green a little more. So he's my fantasy stud. Yeah, especially when the chalk hits, Dan, and you know. Like you mentioned, Devontae Adams goes for nearly Adams, 40. Madison. Madison and Henry. And the three, I mean, you have them in your lineup. You have, what, a hundred and nearly 120 points combined. So, um, I mean, it's a pretty good start. I'm Listen, I'm going to go with Austin Eckler as my fantasy stud. Um, and I think it's just like, I want to almost go with like, 
Austin Eckler is, I know Derrick Henry is the de facto fantasy MVP, but if there was a second place finisher right now, for me, it would be Austin Eckler. Um, and I think it's, not, we know the, the passing work was going to be there, um, but he's top 11 in attempts rushing. He's seventh in yards rushing. He already has a career high for rushing touchdowns on top of all the work that he's done in the passing game, 25 targets for uh, three more touchdowns there. And he has, and he didn't have any in week one, which means he's averaging over six targets per game in the four weeks uh, after one. So um, Austin Eckler right now, you know, get on. I, I tried. I said if there was anyone in the first round that wasn't the big three being drafted that I think had top three upside, it was Austin Eckler for me. And I still stick to that. I still think there's, there's, I mean, it's, he's running back too. So uh, it's, I'm going it's funny you mentioned Eckler because I didn't draft Eckler in any leagues this year, but I do have three ESPN leagues that are all keeper leagues and you keep one player. And Eckler was the guy that I kept in all three of those leagues. So I always forget that I own him in those leagues. <laughs> and every time I every time I go to set my lineup and I check my score, because I don't really check ESPN all that much. Like a lot right. of my bigger leagues are on Yahoo and, and other apps. But every time I check my lineup or the scores on ESPN, I'm always, you know, I'm always like, I'm pleased so far that I kept Austin Eckler. Uh, but transitioning to fantasy duds, I know a lot of people are going to say DJ Moore. You very well might uh, do so. But I made a lineup on FanDuel for the first time in well over a year. And this is almost in any sport, you know, MLB, NASCAR. I've mostly, I just haven't played on FanDuel very much. Um, and I went with a Cardinal stack of Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, and AJ Green. I went for it in the five dollar uh, Millie Maker that they have over there that one of our subscribers took down a couple weeks ago, and that was a massive disappointment. <clears throat> um, really weird week for quarterbacks in general, especially Kyler Murray who did not pay off the price tag. We'll get we'll touch on quarterbacks a little bit more, but who are your fantasy duds? Um, first off, I think it was worth taking a shot in Arizona because it was going to be a low ownership week for them when they. Sh- you know, have been one of the best offenses in the league. Um, so I think it's worth the shot. The process was there. Uh, my dad's going to be Adam Thielen, who had three targets against the Detroit Lions. I could just say everyone on that team, excluding Alexander Madison and Justin Jefferson, but I won't. Um, I'm going to go Thielen. Here's the list of Vikings, Dan, that had more targets than Adam Thielen or, or equal to Justin Jefferson, Alexander Madison, D.D. Westbrook, K.J. Osborne, and have the same amount of receptions as Tyler Conklin. So you're telling me that that Adam Thielen, the guy who had 14 touchdowns in 15 games last year, is going to get three targets (laughs) after a two-reception game last week? He has five five receptions in two weeks? I mean, he's still running all the routes. He's still in the field. He's But, like, you can't be targeting – Adam Thielen three times ever, unless it's in a quarter. Maybe he, maybe he, you know, three targets in a quarter, uh, not three targets for a full game. Uh, let's talk a little waiver wire. Who is your top waiver wire acquisition? We don't normally talk waivers on this channel. We usually save it uh, for my article that I do that comes out every Monday morning. Um, but for me, given the news that we saw earlier today, I was initially going to say Devontae Booker might be the biggest waiver wire acquisition. Uh, the news on Saquon Barkley's ankle is that it's it's not as serious. They think he'll he'll definitely miss next week, but they do think that he could return in two weeks. 
But given the injury that happened to Clyde Edwards-Alaire last night, I do kind of lean a little more towards Daryl Williams as the top waiver wire acquisition. Um, if you can get a running back in an offense like that that has had some big games before in this very offense, uh, I'm more inclined to to go that route. But I do believe you have a bit of a homer pick that you might go with as the biggest waiver wire acquisition this week, unless I'm wrong. So, I mean, I think there's two. You already mentioned one in Devontae Booker, and Kadarius Tony is definitely the other. Now, there is report that Kadarius Tony has a foot-ankle injury as well, and his his status this week is in serious doubt. Um, Joe Judge went on to say that he didn't think it was season-ending, but anytime – I mean, we're in week – we just finished week five. Why are we talking about a season – why is that like – you know, why is he saying, oh, it's not going to be season ending? That's a little concerning, in, in my opinion. Um, so obviously, if Kadarius Tony is available, you're going to want to pick him up. I will say, you know, it helps. There's no Kenny Galladay for the foreseeable future. He's hurt. There's no Saquon. He's hurt. It'll be interesting to see the the clash of roles when Sterling Shepard returns, because Kadarius Tony's playing so much out of the slot. And, you know, that's where Sterling Shepard has thrived with, you know, this Giants team as well. So I think that's going to be an interesting dynamic because you need to keep them both on the field. Like you just you have to. They've been both um, so good. I think like the Booker versus Williams thing is the most interesting thing to me, because when Saquon got hurt, Booker played 88 percent of the snaps and Edwards or when Edward Tolaire got hurt, and I know it wasn't in the beginning of the game like Saquon's, you know, Darrell Williams saw a season-high 43% snap share, but it wasn't the 88% that Booker saw. So it's also— Do you also, think that was maybe game script dependent for the Chiefs? Pro- probably. It's probably game script dependent, but, you know, that could bring— I mean, if they're not stopping anyone, who's to say Jarek McKinnon isn't playing more— because they're trailing or they're in shootouts or true. Uh, so I and think, I think the other argument for Booker is that we saw what Wayne Gallman did in stretches exactly. with the Giants last year. Exactly. Yep. They rely on their running back. Like whether or not it's Saquon or whether or not it's Wayne Gallman or Devonte Booker, like they need their running back to open up the play action. They because we have a vanilla, the most vanilla offense in the world with Jason Garrett calling plays. They need these running backs to perform because they need to run play action. And if, especially with Mike Lennon, I think it's something to, to note. Uh, you know, I don't know how long we're going to be without Daniel Jones. That hit was nasty. And then him stumbling was a little worrisome. I don't know if you saw that, but he got up and he quite literally st- was stumbling around the field. And they decided, like, you know what? We should probably bring the cart out. That looks bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know. Booker saw five targets, and um, he's not like this notoriously big-time pass catcher. But they don't have they don't have running backs just at their disposal. Like they were banking on Saquon being healthy and, and a backup in Booker, who's solid. Mike Lennon's going to be checked down. Is going to be Alex Smith, but six ten. If because they don't have any receivers, Galladay's hurt. Like I like Booker a little more. It's similar timelines for Barkley and Edwards Alaire. Um, I like Booker a little more. I think. I think the three guys we mentioned, though, are the are the clear-cut one, two, three options on most waiver wires. 
really, really, really weird week for quarterbacks. We previewed this at the top of the show. Outside of Justin Herbert, Tom Brady, and Josh Allen, you probably had a really bad week from your quarterback. I mean, Davis Mills finished as a top five quarterback against the Patriots. Um, you know, Bill Belichick did a great job scheming for Brandon Cooks, but he seemed to have forgotten about gunslinger that is Davis Mills. <laughs> Uh, but by all their standards, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, Kyler Murray, Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, Sam Darnold, all had pretty poor, poor weeks. Now, I am in a two-quarterback league last week where I had Russell Wilson and Matthew Stafford going against each other. <laughs> and I, well, I felt like I was in a huge hole right after that game. I thought I was going to lose my matchup because I only got like 26 points out of them both combined. And it turns out my opponent had Ryan Tannehill and Sam Darnold. So... <laughs> Well, there was a lot of bad from this week. I still benefited from it. Were you burned by any of these guys in your leagues? Um, I don't. So, like, the quarterback I was reaching, drafting the most this year was Lamar Jackson. I was very high on Lamar Jackson, so I have a ton of shares of him. I wasn't necessarily – I don't have a single Aaron Rodgers share. I don't have a single Matthew Stafford share. I don't have a single – Ryan Tannehill share. Um, so I wasn't necessarily, I didn't reach for Patrick Mahomes I, I, in the second or third round. Cause like, as everyone, as Why? everyone thought yeah. he was, yeah, well, everyone thought it was so clear cut that he was going to be QB one, that they would burn a second round pick where I was waiting till the fourth or fifth round to get Lamar Jackson in most drafts, who has a hundred yard rushing, a uh, hundred yard rushing ability every game. He's, Improving as a passer, and at that point when we were drafting, they had already lost their starting running back. Um, so I was drafting a lot of Lamar Jackson, so I haven't been burnt yet. Lamar, we are recording on Monday night, and Lamar Jackson has done quite literally nothing uh, through almost one quarter. So that's concerning, and you know, hopefully he didn't just jinx me and Lamar Jackson because uh, you know I already told you I'm in a pretty big league. John and Pemba, we co-manage a team, and. Uh, we need Lamar Jackson to come through here, Dan. So um, not necessarily burned by any of them. And I don't really think I played any of them. I played against Ryan Tannehill and Scott Fishbowl. Um, the guy, the opponent I played against only had one quarterback. in a. Oh, why would you do that? You know what's funny? So I'm, I've, I've already won my matchup, and I'm 4-1 and one in Scott Fishbowl. Two weeks in a row, I have played, I've played against a team with that has only rostered one quarterback. Call me lucky. Maybe. Um, but I played against the team with one quarterback two weeks in a row. So like as I've kind I kind of navigated the uh the quarterback land landmine this week. Any concerns for some big name wide receivers like Stefan Diggs with the emergence of Dawson Knox and Emmanuel Sanders in the Bills offense? Diggs is on pace for only three touchdowns. Now obviously he's due for some positive regression. But we're not getting the same kind of production that we were expecting as we got a year ago. And a similar argument can be made for Keenan Allen, Calvin Ridley, and DeAndre Hopkins. Are there any concerns for these players? I mean, a lot of people drafted these guys as their wide receiver ones. And, you know, still capable of a big game, but obviously not thrilled about the production that they've had. Um, and I am I live in Atlanta. I know that there's a lot of people concerned <laughs> about Calvin Ridley right now. I mean, are you concerned about these guys? So I think, like, from the Ridley thing, and the numbers are there. I mean, he was bad without Julio last year. Every game that Julio didn't play, Calvin Ridley didn't perform. It was always, like, need defenders to be drawn to Julio for him to perform. 
Um, I'm not necessarily worried because then you look at Calvin Ridley's targets, 8, 10, 11, 13. You look at Calvin Ridley's offensive snaps, 85%, 83%, 95%, 96%. He's always on the field. They're still going to be trailing a lot of the time. Um, Same thing with, you know, Buffalo and and San Diego. Or San Diego. Oh, my. Let me take a second. Las Vegas. Oh, my. Buddy. (laughs) Los Angeles. Los Angeles. They're in very pass-heavy offenses. Like, Stephon Diggs almost is averaging 10 targets per game. Not worried there. The touchdown regression, definitely a little concerning um, for a guy who's scored six or more touchdowns in four straight seasons. Um, I've been on record. I went on record before the year saying Keenan Allen, I think, outside of, like, the normal overall wide receiver one picks, that was my, like, contrarian overall wide receiver one pick. I guess I didn't account for Mike Williams without his dreadlocks being the best player on the planet um, because he is. And, you know, maybe the injury bug will bite Mike Williams like it always does, but um, the volume's still there for Keenan Allen as well. Um, so I'm not necessarily worried for any of these guys. They have, a, they have a lot of ground to cover to be the wide receiver ones that in twos they were drafted as, but uh, not necessarily worried right now. All right, let's transition as we wrap this up to your uh, coveted Believe It or Not segment. It was a pretty good one last week, so what do you got for us this week? Okay, Dan. We're going to go into question number one. And we're going to go out to the horrible city of Cleveland. And no disrespect to Kangas, man, but uh, I've heard nothing but bad things about Cleveland. That's not true. I've never had a bad time in Cleveland. <laughs> I've never been in Cleveland. I've never had a terrible – I like – I, I know, like, it's the mistake by the lake. I mean, the lake caught fire, for uh, Christ's sake. But, I mean, I, I've never had a terrible experience in the city of Cleveland. I've always had a blast when I've gone out there. Well, the only reason I say that is because I watch a lot of boxing and Jake Paul's from Cleveland, so okay. uh, <laughs> he sucks. Um, anyways, so we have two running backs in Cleveland, Dan. One by the name of Kareem Hunt, one by the name of Nick Chubb. One of them is currently RB6. That would be Kareem Hunt. The other one, RB11, Nick Chubb. My question to you, Dan, is do you believe that Kareem Hunt in PPR formats will outpace Nick Chubb by year's end? I feel like, to some extent, this, this discussion always comes up every year. And I think there's more weight to it this year than ever before, but I still don't think it happens. I mean, we, we, we know what happens all the time in this offense. Like Nick Chubb does most of the heavy lifting between the twenties. And then for whatever reason, you know, and, and this isn't always true, but for whatever reason, when they get to the goal line or if Nick Chubb rips off a big run to put the team in the red zone, they take him out, they give him a breather they put in Kareem Hunt, and it's either Kareem Hunt that scores or they somehow score a touchdown and it doesn't go to Nick Chubb. It's the same story every year. Um, but, yeah, no, for me, it's it's still, I believe, like, you know, Nick Chubb, as long as he stays healthy, he gets fed. And I think that he is probably at more risk of getting hurt, and I don't have their touches in front of me. I don't have them pulled up. I still believe he will out-touch Kareem Hunt easily. I know Kareem Hunt gets more involved in the passing game. Touchdowns will come for Nick Chubb. 
I do think that there will be. We're five games into the season. I'm not going to overreact to this right now. It's not like Kareem Hunt is RB7 and Nick Chubb is RB18. Right. You know, Nick, Ch- Nick Chubb himself in a 12-team league is RB11. That's still an RB1. You know, If you invested on Kareem Hunt, good for you. It's paying off so far. Um, I do think that we'll get positive touchdown regression and just overall um, – you know, Nick Chubb will work his way up into being finishing as a top eight running back. I have more faith in him doing it than Kareem Hunt. Okay, then follow-up question. I think it's fair to ask. Do Can both of them finish RB1s? When was the last time that happened? Was it like Carolina with Damian <laughs> Williams and Jonathan Stewart? Probably, probably that, probably around that time, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, they can both do it. So um, you're you're going on record saying that Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, this is this is out there. They the people of fantasy alarm. I'm not saying it will happen. I'm saying it can. can happen. I think Kareem Hunt probably finishes as more of a top fifteen running back, okay. whereas I think Nick Chubb probably finishes as between RB six and RB eight. Well, tremendous value either way if Kareem Correct. Hunt is yeah. a fifteen uh, top fifteen. It's a good back. problem to have. It is a very good problem to have. Final question, Dan. Well, just a two two for since I since I. Uh, Broke that first one into a two-part question. Currently listed at wide receiver 61 is Allen Robinson. Currently listed at wide receiver 78 is A.J. Brown. Do you believe that either one, both, or none of them will finish at least a wide receiver two? Not even a wide receiver one where they were being drafted. At this point, we are five games through the season. Do either of them have a shot to finish in the top 24? I think A.J. Brown does. I'm growing more and more concerned about Alvin, Allen Robinson every week. And I think we talked about him last week, how <clears throat> you know it didn't matter who the quarterback was. You know, In previous years, he, he's always just churned out really strong seasons. Um, and that's, and I, I keep trying to believe that, but in the NFL seasonal chat this week, I was finally telling people like, yeah, we, we cannot be playing Allen Robinson this week. It absolutely sucks. Um, I am concerned. Uh, have they said anything in Chicago about the quarterback situation? Is it still Justin Fields is the starter? I'm a guess. I'm guessing there is, there is an injury on Justin Fields. Um, he has a sprained knee. Uh, yeah. Nagy said that he's good to go, but I guess we'll see. Matt Nagy's also so, said a lot. He's also said a lot of things this year. So a healthy uh, Justin Fields isn't throwing it to Allen Robinson. I mean, can we really expect an injured Justin Fields to really do much more? Um, I I am concerned about Allen Robinson. Um, I don't think he finishes as, as a wide receiver too right now. I still have faith in AJ Brown. Um, I, it just sucks because I was actually very high on Ryan Tannehill coming into this season. You and a lot uh, of other, you and a lot of people that didn't that waited on quarterback. You know, it, it, it was it was crazy. I was in a league where I drafted Russell Wilson, and then in round thirteen, Ryan Tannehill was still taking him there. And I never take a backup quarterback in a twelve team league. But Ryan Tannehill in the thirteenth round, you have to. Exactly. So I did it. I stashed him, and I quickly dropped him just because the passing volume hasn't really been there. Right. Where. It's it's this weird dichotomy where like Arthur Smith leaves, Julio Jones comes in, 
and they can't figure out how to like get this offense to function aside from just feeding Derrick Henry, Henry yeah. you know, 500 times a game. <laughs> um, I, I still believe that offense turns it around, especially because the defense is so bad that you, you imagine that Tennessee will get into more shootouts. And A.J. Brown, I, I initially had A.J. Brown in my cash lineup this week, and I'm glad I pivoted off that at the last minute. Um, <clears throat> but I still think A.J. Brown, we, we've seen what he can do. I mean, he he has the chemistry with Ryan Tannehill. It's not like Allen Robinson, who is, is routinely finding himself with a new quarterback every year, and it, uh. it, this is the year where it's, it's finally screwing him over. But we know A.J. Brown has that top 12 Top ten, even I even thought he was going to finish as a top five wide receiver, even yep. with the addition of Same. Julio Jones. It's just they lost so many targets between John o. Smith leaving, Adam Humphreys uh, going away, Corey Davis is out of there. So like there there were more targets to be made available, and it just hasn't happened. So I still think AJ Brown turns it around and finishes as a wide receiver too. I think even so much as a high end wide receiver too, possibly top fifteen. Yeah, I'll commit to that. I like it. Um, I actually had a bet with John and Pemba of Fantasy Alarm prior to the year uh, that I said A.J. Brown would finish higher than DeAndre Hopkins, and, and, and Pemba was taking Hopkins. Um, and then the Julio trade went down, so we, we kind of— Washed it. Washed the trade, yeah. Um, but I was also very high on AJB, AJB one wide receiver one season— um, but it hasn't come to fruition. I do agree. I think I think the fact that Chicago's just not throwing the ball, they just don't. They even Khalil Herbert had 18 carries, and then Damian Williams had 14 carries, or whatever whatever the distribution was. They're just not throwing the ball, and that's going to hurt Allen Robinson in the long run. Justin Fields at 100 passing yards, uh, not going to get it done there. So I agree. we're seeing that a lot with rookie quarterbacks outside yeah. of you know some guy named Trevor Lawrence. Like the Patriots are running the ball. Well, Davis a lot. Mil- and Davis Mills is throwing the ball quite a bit too. I can't believe he's throwing it more than some of these other quarterbacks. But, you know, we're, we saw in London with uh, Zach Wilson, you know, I, I I played the showdown slate pretty heavy Sunday morning, and I had a lot of Zach Wilson. I thought <laughs> I thought that they should – I didn't think he was going to pick apart the Falcons' defense, but the Falcons' defense isn't very good. Right. And he just constantly just makes mental errors. And as big of an arm as he has, like he he, he throws way too many interceptions. Justin Fields isn't throwing in a lot. So, you know, it's just – it's an product of, like, just a really crappy environment for Allen Robinson that, you know, he's stuck with a rookie quarterback, and um, it's probably an ownership decision to have Fields go. Um, <clears throat> so, for that reason, I'll still take uh, A.J. Brown to finish as a wide receiver, too. Very, very concerned about A-Rob the rest of the way. Agreed. Agreed on all fronts. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Uh, best of luck in week six. And uh, best of luck to you, FA Nation, and best of luck, James Grande.